I hope you're as excited as I am uh, to jump into part two of this little series we've called Who Needs Christmas? Uh, Last week, I started this uh, series by answering the question, who needs hope? Who needs the hope that comes with Christmas? Really, what we're doing this Christmas season is going through, as a church, what we call Advent, which means the coming. And we are celebrating this idea that Jesus wants not only to come down in human form and live a sinless life and give his life as a ransom for us, but he also wants 2,000 years later to give us hope. And so we talked about that uh, last Sunday. would encourage you to go to our YouTube page, which you can find in your, your worship guide very easily, and use that information to get online and grab part one if, if you missed last Sunday. But here's where I want to go this morning, our kind of second theme with who needs Christmas. I want to answer the question this morning, who needs love? Who needs love? Not only, let's go back, let's go back to who needs love, the graphic that says, yes, here we go, who needs love? Not only do we need Christmas, but we need the love that comes along with Christmas. And so when we think about love being a major theme of Christmas, I want us to think about today, who needs the love that comes along with Christmas? And I found just the most gripping example of who needs the love that comes along with Christmas uh, this season, specifically, actually in a church in Sutherland Springs in Texas. If you know anything about what happened there recently, there was an awful mass shooting, and I want to read to you this story that came out uh, recently about a five-year-old. It says, a five-year-old boy who survived last month's church shooting in Sutherland Springs is, listen to this, receiving Christmas cards from strangers who want to help him celebrate Christmas while he continues his recovery in the hospital. It says, his name, who was shot multiple times, is still smiling but he will remain hospitalized through Christmas. He and his sister are enjoying receiving Christmas cards from strangers, they said. You've got so many nice people that are sending the cards and gifts to Ryland. He does really enjoy that a lot. Ryland was shot, listen to this, five times last month when a gunman opened fire during their Sunday service as the First Baptist Church of Sutherland Springs, a quiet town about 35 minutes east of San Antonio, The shooter killed 26 people, including Ryland's two sisters and stepmother, who died shielding them from gunfire. Ryland and a third sister survived. They haven't told him yet that his mom and sisters didn't make it. But I'm sure he's getting some kind of idea because he's five. Everyone else has been to see him, and they haven't been there. And so as we think about who needs Christmas this morning, I think that five-year-old boy needs love. He needs the love that comes with Christmas. More than anybody that I can think of, he needs to be reminded of the love that comes with Christmas. So my wife shared that story with me, and she said, I want our kids and our children's group this morning to write notes to this little boy, and she's got this passion to send him love uh, from just a small group of kiddos here at Twin City. 
And the reality is that not only, not only does that five-year-old boy need the love that comes with Christmas, but everybody involved and connected to that tragic morning needs the love that comes with Christmas. In fact, we all need the love that comes with Christmas. As we sing those songs, I was standing there, especially during the, that third song, and I kind of, every now and then, I'd, I'd do this little turn where I kind of look at everybody standing and worshiping, and y'all sounded incredible this morning, and it was just this moment where I just soaked it in, listening to us celebrate the love that Jesus has for us as he came down to give his life and extend his love, his grace that is, please don't miss this, far-reaching, and I am in need of far-reaching grace. Anyone else in love, in need of far-reaching love and grace and mercy? And so the answer to this question this morning is me. I need God's love. You may be sitting in your seat thinking the preacher needs it, the pastor needs it, and the answer is yes, because the person on stage was also far from God at one point. And I've got a story in my own life of redemption where God's far-reaching love grabbed a hold of me, and the reality is I shouldn't be here this morning teaching about God's love. I was not a likely candidate based on how the world would perceive things and see things, but God's love grabbed a hold of me, brought me near to him, and now I get to share about who needs the hope that comes in the form of the love of Jesus Christ. And so I want to invite you this morning, if you have a Bible or a Bible app on your phone, I want to invite you to turn in your Bible to the book of Romans. Romans is in the New Testament, the second half of your Bible, and Paul is going to talk all about who needs love, who needs love. And so I want to show you Romans chapter 5, verse 6. You're going to see Romans chapter 5, verse 6 on the screen. And I'm also going to read verses 7 and 8, but I want us to press pause on verse 6 as we celebrate the love that comes with Christmas. Are you ready for this, church? Hey, are you ready? Can we get excited? Yes? All right, here we go. Romans chapter 5, verse 6. For while we were still weak at the right time, if you've got a Bible open or you can highlight in your app, please circle that, underline it, circle this phrase. This is so important that you don't drive by this phrase and miss it. At the right time. Christ died. At the right time, Christ died. And so when we think about Christmas, I hope we don't just focus on 2017. I hope you don't just focus on the things you're going to get for somebody else or the things you're going to receive from someone else. I hope you don't just think like many times I do at the age that I'm at with four kids, I really don't want anything. I just want to think about our family and what my kids may or may not get. And if I'm not careful, if I'm not careful, I'll forget the right time. The right time. Romans chapter 5 verse 6. At the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. And I don't know exactly what that looked like to live 2,000 years 
ago, but I know beyond a shadow of a doubt, I can read Romans 5, verse 6, and I can be assured that Jesus came at the right time. Now watch verse 7. Paul is going to be so clear and so plain here. For one will scarcely die for a righteous person. Isn't that true? One will scarcely die for a righteous person, though perhaps, 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 for a good person, one would dare even to die. And then verse 8, a verse that many of us are so familiar with, but, so good. Anytime you see a but in the Bible, you should circle it, pay attention, gravitate towards it. But God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, can we celebrate this together just by reading the last four words? One, two, three. Christ died for us. We're going to do it again even louder. Here we go, church. One, two, three. Christ died for us. And that is the kind of love that we are celebrating this morning, that at the right time, while I was still a sinner, and it's so interesting to read this passage knowing that God is not bound by time. And Paul is making it clear here for us because we are, we are finite beings, but we serve an infinite God who is not bound by time. And so he's making it clear through Paul who refers to himself, listen to this, as a bond servant. Paul never refers to himself as a pastor. He always calls himself a bond servant. He's just a servant of God. He wants to serve him. He wants to be passionate about him. And he's telling us right here in verse 8, while we are still sinners, Christ died for us. When? At the right time. And God's plan for you, personally, for you, in your own life, God brought you here this morning as one of the right times in your life to celebrate the birth of Christ and the love that he has for you. And there are so many right times that Jesus Christ has for you where he wants you to embrace his far-reaching love. He wants for you to embrace his far-reaching grace. He wants you to receive the grace that when I think about Christmas and the hope and the love that comes with Christ, I am captivated by it, and I hope the Spirit of God, that all of us can draw our hearts to the Spirit of God who's saying, come, embrace the love of Christ. How many of us this Christmas will be so busy, like the video we looked at at the beginning of our gathering this morning, how many of us this morning will be so busy and we will miss the greatest sermon ever preached, the greatest love ever given that Christ died for us. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. God's love for me is a raw love. God's love for me, think about this, is a raw love. You think about the nativity scene. That is a raw setting. Don't you wish you could have a nativity scene where like the animals are moving and making noises and you could actually like smell the original nativity scene and you could, you could actually hear baby Jesus crying and you could see the wise men and them talking and the gifts and everything. It was probably not silent. It was probably a glorious, beautiful, noisy mess. And I need that because I'm a mess. Anyone else feel like a mess 
Sometimes I got one friend, two friends, three friends, four. I got a bunch of messy friends, and I love it. And if you're here for the first time, you can just join in with the messiness, right? But there is beauty in being captured by the love and the grace of our coming King who desires with everything that's in Him to extend His grace to us, His love to us, His mercy to us. And we celebrate that today. Romans 5, 6, 7, and 8 teach that Jesus dies for us as sinners, that it was actually our sin that sent Jesus Christ to the cross. And I want to share a quote with you that I think is so powerful that should draw our hearts even closer than maybe we think we are now to the reality of the love that comes with Christmas. And here it is. This is a quote by a faithful, faithful, faithful pastor and teacher named John Stott. And here's what he said. Until you see the cross is that which is done by you, you will never appreciate that it was done for you. Love that quote. Don't you just love that? Until you see the cross is that which is done by you, you will never appreciate that it was done for you. And so the love that comes with Christmas, the grace that comes with Christmas, the mercy that comes with Christmas is directly connected to my sin, to my imperfections, to my shortcomings, to my selfishness, not just my sin, but my sins. Think about this. All of our sins, all of our shortcomings, whatever that looks like for you, all of our addictions that keep us from enjoying the fullness of a relationship with God and the joy that He desires to give us. I will never appreciate that it was done for me until I see the cross as that which was done by me and my sin, my sins, collectively together this morning, our sin. Jesus knew that we were an imperfect, selfish, sinful bunch of humans, and we draw our hearts together today around the thrill that comes with knowing the love of Jesus Christ. So powerful. And as I think about that quote this morning, as I think about the reality of Romans 5, 6, 7, and 8, as I draw my heart close to the grace and mercy and love of Jesus Christ, I think this phrase, and we say this phrase all the time, usually in a selfish way, it's not fair. You ever say that? It's not fair. I used to say that a lot as a kid, and every now and then today even, I'll say, it's not fair. And I mean this this morning in a holy way. It's not fair that Jesus would extend his love to me. It's not fair that while we were still sinners, Jesus would come in the form of a baby, live a sinless life, and in his 30s, give his life as a ransom for us that we could have freedom, that we could receive his love that changes everything for us. It's not fair. And that, and that spirit of, oh my goodness, I am overwhelmed by the grace of God draws me to a place where I can ask the Spirit of God to fill my emotions, to fill my heart, to fill my soul, to fill my mind, and to bow before God as I sit before God and literally to bow down and to say, God, thank you that even though it wasn't fair, and even though I shouldn't have gotten that grace, and even though I shouldn't experience this love like this, God, you have chosen to bestow your love and your grace and cover my life with your grace. And that's the kind of love that God wants us to gather around. 
this Christmas season. He doesn't want us to miss it. He doesn't want us to drive by it. He doesn't want us to drive through it. He wants us to stop and not be distracted by all the things that come along with this season. And he wants us to ask the Spirit of God to grip our hearts by the hope that comes with the love of Jesus Christ. Not only is God's love for me a raw love, but God's love for me, listen to this, is the Father's love. God's love for me is the Father's love. That word love that we're talking about today is an agape kind of love. That's the word. It's the Father's love. It's a sacrificial love. It is a powerful love. It is not the love that I would just have for my wife. It is not just the love that I would have for one of my kids. It is not just the love that I would have for one of you as my friends. It is the only, the powerful love that comes with our heavenly Father. It is our heavenly Father's, listen to this, perfect love. It is a perfect love that we celebrate this year during this season of Christmas and Advent, as we gather to the, together this morning, we celebrate the Father's love. Paul knew this more so than most. Because he, before he came to know the hope and love of Jesus Christ, he actually took Christians and dragged them out of their homes, out of their villages, would have them imprisoned, and would also have them killed. And so Paul, when we read Romans 5, 6, 7, and 8, he knows the power that God's love can have to turn somebody's life, to literally do a 180. And here's one of the, my favorite passages where you see Paul reflecting. Listen to this. This is early in his Christian life. This is one of his first letters that he writes, 1 Corinthians 13, verse 13. He said, these three things remain. Read them with me. Faith, hope, and love. And the greatest of these is love. Paul's writing this, and I am sure that there were times where he had to stop and weep. I don't know when the last time was that you wept. I'm not talking about men. Let's talk. Like, we get teary-eyed, right? What do we say in a movie? You know, you ever had somebody, I don't know, my allergies are just bothering me, right? Like, I'm not just talking about getting a little misty-eyed. I'm talking about, I think Paul had moments where he wept before the Lord, where he wept, where he just had to bow down and say, God, your love is so extravagant that while I was a sinner, the greatest thing that I have in my life is love, is your love. It's not just faith. It's not just hope. It is love. The greatest of these is love. And so when you think about the Father's love for you, it is a powerful kind of love. It is a sacrificial kind of love. And that leads us to this other reality that we should celebrate, that the Father's love for us is a costly love. The Father's love for us is a costly love. It costs the Father something to give you His love. It cost Him His only Son. It cost your Heavenly Father His only Son. His only Son. Your Heavenly Father loves you so much that he wrapped his only son in flesh to die for you. And we are so familiar with John 3.16. But I want to show you not just verse 16 this morning. I want us to celebrate verse 17. Look at these two 
powerful verses with me. For God so loved the world that he gave. He gave what a costly gift. He gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. Verse 17. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world but in order that the world might be what? Saved through him. Verse 16, for God, look at verse 16, so what? Loved the world. That's a costly kind of love to give his only son. When was the last time you went to the quietest part of your apartment or your house and you, you got away and you just sat with God and said, God, thank you for this kind of love. John 3.16 has become such a popular verse that you see at sporting events and different places, and people will quote it. But when was the last time you got alone with God and just thanked Him for this verse? This is the perfect time of the year to do it. And just like at the right time Christ came to die, For us, there is a right time for you today. It is the right time for you today to celebrate that Jesus came as a costly gift for us. 